I avoided all the spoilers last time, and I didn't go see it until, like, after New Year. Yeah, and that's how you found out that Darth Vader was Chewbacca's dad. Yeah, sure. Because everybody on Reddit told you. I don't get on Reddit. That's not true. I've seen you on Reddit before. It happens very rarely. Hmm. Well, speaking of happens very rarely, um, we're recording an episode. I know. (laughs) This is officially episode 20. Yeah. Even though it's not really. Well, no, I fixed the numbers. I fixed the numbers. How did you fix it? We skipped number 13. We did, but then, but the live episode doesn't count. From the museum, it, it you have never a posted the live. Yeah, episode. it's on the website. Oh. It is on the website. Did you actually? Yeah, post it? it's on there. Oh, did go you to, post the video of it yet? No. Oh well. Go to the go to the website and go to episodes. It's on there or whatever. I don't know podcast. I don't know what the website looks like. What's it <laughs> like? What's it under? Look, you go. To I the, don't know. You go there. You click on podcast. It's right there. Yeah, between episode eighteen and episode nineteen. But this is oh, 20. Oh, I see it. I see it. This is 20. Where we're here to talk about family games and Star Wars. Apparently, yeah. And Star Trek. Yeah, I was just talking about um, Star Trek. Not a sponsor, but if you haven't watched um, Family Guy's version of Star Trek. It's really good. It's I love it. It's okay. I really like it a lot. I can't decide if it's terrible or not. It's just, it's Family Guy. Have you seen all five episodes? I have. It's every Family Guy joke. You know what? I feel like he only did that in the first episode. I feel like after mm. the first episode, he stopped setting up Family no, Guy jokes that no, he didn't follow through no. on. No, there was in the most recent episode. I don't remember what it was. Oh, not the most recent one, but the one the one where they were on the colony ship. There was a setup for a Family Guy style cutaway that never happened. He just like looked at the camera and then the scene. He didn't like it wasn't like Jimmy Fallon look at the camera and wink, but it was. <laughs> Hmm. I'm really enjoying the Orville a lot. Well, I don't know about a lot, but it, it's just it's just me. What I, a time to be alive, huh? Yeah. What a time a, to be alive. What a time to be a sci-fi. We've got fan a fake a fake star a fake Star Trek a real Star Trek a Star Wars coming out. I wouldn't call it a fake Star Trek. I would call it an homage to sci-fi in general. It's, if Galaxy Quest is the seventh best Star Trek movie then this is a fake Star Trek. Fair enough. I feel like it's got a little bit of Red Dwarf in there. Mm. No, it's just Star Trek. Okay. It's just Star Trek. Although, new episodes of Red Dwarf are happening soon, like season Actually, 50, they already 52. came out. Oh, did they? Yeah. They season, started season at the end of last year. Uh, no, I mean more new ones. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. No, I like, need to I mean, watch like, the new ones that started last year. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, well, like this month. I need to ones. watch the new ones from last year. Um, wow. Okay. So... We're not supposed to be talking about this. That's okay. There's also a, a more Stargate coming out, sort of. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. <sighs> well, I've already subscribed to Stargate.co. That does not sound like a real website. I know, but it is. It sounds like... Because some weird somebody else has Stargate.com. Yeah. That's and, not them. Yeah, MGM owns it for the movie. Oh, StargateCommand.com. Okay. Stargate.com is owned by MGM or yeah. like StargateCommand.co is where all the streaming stuff is going to be. You would think they could have come up with something better like HomeworldCommand.co. I think that, I don't um, know, whatever. Can we, John D, we're, we're almost at four minutes of talking about Star Trek and Star, uh, all the star stars. Things. Star things. All the stars. And none of them are Starfinder. But we'll come back to that. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, okay. Play the play the play the music. So today we're going to talk about family games. So yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So there's a definitive list on BGG um, talks about the family games, and I thought, well, now as definitive as a as a as a BGG list yeah. can be, um, I think it's a pretty good list personally. Um, and. The top 10 on there are, is, are definitely pretty solid family, family games, in my opinion. Well, I eight and nine are the same game, so that's not really fair. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, and as if, of you, the time if you of... combine those, then you would throw 11 in there into the top 10. Well, then 11, but um, okay. As of the time of recording, number eight and number nine are the same game. Yes. And the same game as number 13. But whatever, it's fine. It doesn't matter because this is a list that's subjective to change. It is. But, but overall, it's a solid list. And I think generally it always stays a pretty solid list. Yeah. And this time we can't say, this is our opinion. Don't get mad at us because this is your opinion. Because this is like, this isn't Jared and John D going, oh, yep, we changed it. Also, why don't I have Crokinole marked as owned? There we go. Fixed. This this is this is everybody that's ever used BGG rating things. Oh my god, I have so many of these. <laughs> um, well you have like two thousand games. Mm. So of course you have so many mm. of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have so many mm-hmm. of these. Are you logged in? I am. I'll show you what you own. I realize that. So the number one family game, uh, I disagree with this, but whatever. The number one family game is Seven Wonders. Now, what what is a family game? What do they? What do we define a family game? Um, in my opinion, I think a family game is a game that plays. Um, I think I think it's a game that plays best at three plus players. Um, and would play a like would would play well with children okay okay uh boy and are not hard to play not heavy games sure i mean some of those on this list though i don't think meet all of those requirements i'm just, Most I'm of just them curious meet those requirements i mean none of them are t- particularly difficult games to play um number 10 is doesn't play three players but Neither does number two. Uh, true. We should probably say what these things are instead of just <laughs> That's vaguely true. referencing them. That's true. Okay, but so the number one is Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders, which um, um, you're the leader <clears throat> of one of the seven great cities in the ancient world. Yeah, it's a drafting game. Yeah. With no theme. That's true. It really doesn't have a theme. <laughs> I mean. I the mean, game is said to play best at four, but it plays three to seven players. So it fits that description there. It's also technically a lunchtime game. We did say that. Yes. Um, 
And it also, it, it, the ages that the community recommends and the company recommends is 10 plus, so you can play it with children. Or at least, you know, most children. Uh, I'm checking our list here. We did not talk about Seven Wonders during the lunchtime games. Probably because I don't think it's that great of a game. Uh, shots fired. But that's okay. You know, if you like Seven Wonders, it's got a 7.8, so clearly, what do I know? Overall rank is 37. So, you know, people think that it's a good game. That's, I mean, that's not my opinion. I, I think it's okay. I mean, 4,000 people have marked it as, uh, as fan, I mean, 4,000 people have said they're fans of the game on BGG. Well, there's so. 55,000 ratings. So this 7.8 is probably pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Yeah, I would agree. So. What do I know, though? Patchwork, though, I do think is a good game. Patchwork is listed as number two. I really think that it's a good, solid two-player game. I and it's I've... not a heavy game, so it would fall at least in some of my definition or what I would describe as a family game. Um, now, oh. when I think of a family, I think of more than two people, personally. Right. Well, Patchwork's, Patchwork we definitely did talk about on the lunchtime games. We did. We did. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what the BGG definition of family game is. I personally don't feel like patchwork falls into the definition of family game. So here's what I think is going on. I don't think that you are defining a family game correctly. You want a party game. A family game is like a game that isn't played by nerds in a basement. True. But a family also generally, I mean, I guess a family technically could just be a couple. Yeah. But when I think of a family, I think of family game night where parents and their kids sit down and play games. So a family is generally going to be at least, I mean, I guess it could be a parent and their one child. It could be a parent, a single parent and their kid. And that would be a family. I think we've struck on a whole separate issue here in that. What the what, heck? What does, is a family? Where do, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where does board game geek get off telling me what a family is? That is true. So, I guess uh, that's unfair of me to try to define what a family is. So patchwork, sure, it's a family game because it's not a heavy game and it's not a game that requires you to be a hardcore gamer. Casual gamers can play it, therefore it's a family game, whatever. Clank is number three. Uh, I actually played that recently at a board game. Should we? I'm just going to talk about it. I went to Pieces, the board game bar, restaurant, cafe in St. Louis that's in a scary old warehouse. And played Clank with some people that I know. Cool. I knew you went to pieces. Yeah, but. I know you did. But they, th these right, people don't. Right, right, right. These people don't as I shake the microphone. <laughs> yeah, so I really like Clank a lot. I need to play it more. But it's becoming pretty clear to me that I'm not going to finish my 10 by 10. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe you should spend some time on Tabletop Simulator playing with randos. Yeah, not going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit my Cosmic Encounter uh what am i saying my cosmic encounter a word in, in the english language that means a minimum quota yeah quota yeah <laughs> i'm gonna hit my cosmic encounter quota with randos on yeah tabletop i don't simulator. like to play with random people so. well you know cosmic encounter benefits from playing with the same people over and over again but also it doesn't matter because the game is light enough right Crokinole, so, on the other hand, I will more than happily meet my 10 by 10 quota. I think I've played it 20 times, 30 times this year. Yeah. 
a lot of times. But that's not why isn't Lupin Louie on this list? You would put Lupin Louie on Lupin every Louis single is, list ever. Tell me that Lupin Louie is not a family game. I think it probably is on this list. I think somewhere. it's not on this list. I think it's probably under children's game, but <laughs> Lupin Louie is a great game. Yeah, you you would put Lupin Louie on every single list yeah, ever. It goes on every single list. Yeah, sure. Crokinole's number four. Number five is Santorini. I've never played Santorini, but we have talked about Santorini in our um, games without a theme. Yeah, because episode. it doesn't. It has no theme. It's it's, it's got cute art, very but it has no minimal. Theme. I think Santorini is overrated. I think that it's fun. But the fact that it's selling for one and a half times its suggested retail price is pretty silly to me. It's a completely abstract game. Yeah, it is. So it's it's a it's a reimagined, completely abstract game that they've added a bunch of really cute art to and hiked up the price. Yeah. But what do I what do I know? But you know, not to say you shouldn't like it. It does fit my definition that you should be able to play it with kids. Yes. Actually, I saw a post on Reddit the other day that was like, my five-year-old loves to play Santorini. What are some other games that they would like? And I think that's great. So, I mean, at some point we're going to have an episode about playing games with kids. Yes. So. At some point, we'll need to find some children first. Well, I play games with children regularly. Well, I'm not talking about me and John and your husband <laughs> i'm talking about like actual miniature humans yes i do play games with miniature humans sometimes i wish i wasn't playing with them but <laughs> yeah so yeah santorini and then uh pandemics on the list we talked a lot about pandemic because it's one of your top games that you like to play yep and uh it's not hard to play um mm. it's not hard to learn how to play okay that's fair it's hard to necessarily win. You know, honestly, if we're putting difficulty dots on there, I would put it as a green. Yeah. I, I You're right. It's not hard to learn how to play the game. No, it's, it's not. It's just when you're playing on legendary difficulty and you have seven outbreaks in the deck and you're playing with mutations and right. all that if you stuff, have that's like, when it's if hard. If you have like all the expansions and you're trying to mix them all in... It might get difficult, but if you're just playing the base game and you're new to the game, it's really easy to learn how to play. And you can sit down with your family or your non-gamer friends, have a good time playing. You can play it with kids and it's cooperative, so it's not going to stress people that don't want to play a competitive game out. Well, you say that, but it does often suffer from a problem where a competitive gamer can, in fact, cause the game to be less than fun a hyper competitive player yes that is i mean i do that sometimes when i'm like everybody shut up i need to do the math (laughs) we need three moves to win how the heck can we do this yeah um we suffer from that when we play camel up as well well camel up is that's a separate problem we're playing camel up the problem is that we sit there and analyze 
every we single do. possibility. We way overthink that game. And then it's like, okay, okay, hold on. Do I want to bet on orange? Because <laughs> orange is at the very back right now, but if it gets a three and then it lands on yellow and then yellow gets a three and it lands on green, then orange could win on this turn. Yeah. But... We way overthink that if game. If blue rolls, any, rolls anything but a one, then, oh, man. Versus just, Johnny, take the tile. Remember to take the tile. <laughs> yeah. Remember Every when you single do that. game, I tend to, there's something in the game that I will always tend to forget to do. Um, it's my thing. Yeah. In Camel Up, you refused to take the little <laughs> tile that says tile. that you were rolling. Yep. And you're like, okay, I'm going to pick up the pyramid and I'm going to roll it. And I'm like, uh-huh. Take your tile. Okay. Yep. Forgetting the, uh, like, I'm just going to stop saying anything and I'm going to start claiming the money from you. Yep. I'll the learn shekels, my lesson. Isn't that what we call them? That's probably racist. <laughs> I don't think we call them anything. I think we just call them tiles. No, the money. Oh, I don't think we, ca- I think we just call them the monies. Mm. I've always just called them the monies. So anyway, next one um, at number seven is Stone Age. I've not played Stone Age. I don't think. No. Okay, I, I th- I've played my first Stone Age with kids. Shekel is wrong because Shekel is a basic monetary unit of modern Israel equal to 100. Uh, sure, agorots, agorots, I don't know. But then historically, it's a silver coin and unit of weight used in ancient Israel and the Middle East. Those coins are not silver. I've always called them one money. They are. Well, they you know what? They're not shekels. <laughs> They're not shekels. What are we talking about? Stone Age. Stone Age. Stone Age comes in at number seven. Yeah, it's a really good worker placement game. Um, it has a few issues. One being that it's out of print currently. But the main issue that I have with Stone Age is if you're playing it with two players, it's a very different game than if you're playing it with more than two players. Well, according to BGG, it plays best at four. I would believe that. And the community um, and the publisher both say it's ages 10 plus. Uh-huh. In my experience, usually if a game says 10 plus, you can play it with like eight plus. Usually it's minus two years, depending on the kid. Well, in my experience, if a game says that it's for two to four players, it's not for two players. No, generally not. Uh, Stone Age isn't terrible with two players. There's just, it's just weird. I like it a lot. I really do. I have the wooden pieces. Who made those? Did um, they make those? I believe okay. so, but it I'm It might not... have been Evil Source. Ooh, I'm not sure. Well, whatever. There's Somebody some company made, made wooden upgrade tokens, and I, ha- I have those. I really like Stone Age as a way to introduce people to worker placement games. But then after that, it's time to move on to... Maybe like Lords of Waterdeep. No, Lords of Waterdeep is a step backwards. Oh, is it? Yeah. For me, for me, I think that Lords of Waterdeep is a good intro. See, to me, Lords of, I haven't played either one of them, but Lords of Waterdeep looks intimidating. It's not. It's just, it's just a lot of exchanging of cubes. Ah, okay. Fair enough. It's honestly, it's not a great worker placement game. Really? Because lots of people just shout its praises. Yeah. Well, lots of people say that Kalos is great. and Ka- <laughs> uh, Okay. Kalos is. You've, you've talked about this before, so. 
Um, yes, I have. But we're not going to talk about Kalis anymore. Somehow, people still like it. It's okay. I like it. I liked it more 10 years ago. It's way, co- way complicated for what is essentially just a simple worker placement game. Right. Yeah, so, but you should, play, you should play. you should play Stone Age. Well, okay. There's well, an app available. The app's not out of print. Okay. 8 and 9 are both Ticket to Ride. Yes. So is 13. Yes. Um, I've only played the base Ticket to Ride, although I've got the Anniversary Edition because it's real pretty. Yes. Um, I haven't played in the... Well, I don't think I've played any of the expansions because I like Ticket to Ride, but it's a, it's a gateway game. It is. So I tend to only get it out if I'm playing with like my in-laws or like non-gamer friends because I don't hate the game. I like it, but I'm not going to play it if I'm playing with my gamer friends. So my problem with Ticket to Ride, and I think it's the same problem that a lot of people have with Ticket to Ride, is it's just, okay, I drew a card. I didn't get what I needed. It's not my turn anymore. I'll wait. Okay, it's my turn again. Still don't have the card that I need. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. I would agree. And then eventually you're like, oh, great. I have three of the yellow cards that I need to put down to claim a route. My turn. Okay. Now I wait and collect more cards. Yeah, it, it I It is agree. very good as a introduction to set collection as a gateway game. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a good game to play with people that aren't familiar with games other than, you know, Milton Bradley. Yeah. You know, your your general, you know, Walmart, Target games. Well, I won't say Target because Target really has expanded there. Target does sell Ticket to Ride. They do, but they've really expanded They the have games a lot more games now. Walmart really hasn't, though, so. Walmart also sells Ticket to Ride. Well, yeah, they do. But the average person is going to walk in and still buy Monopoly. Probably. If for a board game. Yeah, you're probably right. So, anyway. You're probably correct. Number 10. I've talked about this game before. Mm-hmm. Is Jaipur. Yes. Or Jaipur. I, I, I don't I th- know. I believe it's I believe it's pure, Jaipur. Pure. Um, I really, really like this game. Um, I believe it's out of print, but it's mm. pretty easy to find. Is it, it not? It wasn't out of print as of the 100 million copies that they had at their booth at Gen Con this year. Oh, really? Well, it used to be out of print. Um. In the past, I could only find it if I went to, like, the Ding and Dent um, at Gen Con and, and such. But I guess Asmodee reprinted it or something. And I could be wrong. Maybe it was never out of print. But I don't know. All I know is they had a bazillion copies. Well, that's good because I think everybody should own it uh, personally. I think it's a good game. Well, you know... It's great uh, for a two-player game. Yeah. But if you want to play with more players, it is not great. That's true. I don't think there's enough good two-player games out there, though. There's a lot. If you're interested, we could make a list. We should. Maybe we should do a whole episode about two-player games. So. I mean, it's been done by other people, but we don't really care. Nope. Not interested in what other people have or have not done. I'm also not really interested to... To look at the numbers of people listening to this. I don't want to know our metrics. <laughs> yeah, so It's probably very depressing. It's probably like the four people that I talk to about the podcast are the only <laughs> listeners. Um, anyway. Sure that's not true. But we've never posted, a, a, you know, we've never promoted ourselves on like Reddit or anything. No. So. 
So actually, I think we have once. Mm, I haven't. I did once, well, like the you one time. Probably I Probably were shadow banned still. Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> I probably was. That's probably what got you shadow banned. No, no I was shadow timing, banned for like yeah, a year. The timing of that doesn't. Um. So let's you know since eight and nine are both ticket. Okay, number eight is ticket to ride Europe, and number nine is ticket to ride Nordic countries. Okay, we, so they're uh, both ticket to ride. Let's just throw in eleven, which is Splendor. Okay, were we going to mention what kind of game Jaipur oh, is? Oh, sure. So, um, it's it's a game where you're a trader. But not... Not, not a traitor. A, a trader. trader. And you... You're collecting animals. Yeah, you're collecting animals and, and not just animals. Animals, spices, gold. Um, but not a traitor. Not a traitor. Um, but you, you want to be... You want to be better... Than your competitors. Basically, on your turn, you're either going to get more cards or get rid of cards that you have. Yeah. There's hand management. You're buying, exchanging, selling. Yeah. And there's camels um, in it. Yeah, there's camels and stuff. And the art's really cute. Well, I wouldn't say cute. It's it's very fitting for the theme. Um, it's like Middle Eastern. Deserty looking. I really like it. So now we can move on to Splendor. Okay, Splendor. Yeah, so I've only ever played the app for Splendor. I don't know how I ever didn't play this game before I played the app, and now I'm really sorry I hadn't played the game because it's a really fun game. I like it. Um, It's a chip collecting and card development game. Mm-hmm. Is how it's explained anyway on BGG. It's a set collection. Yeah, basically with drafting. Set, yeah, and chips. Yeah, poker chips. Yeah. Although in newer versions of the game, the poker chips are not the metal hard they're core. They're like, yeah, they're like crappy plastic ones. Yeah. The one that I have is like these nice clay. Well, I don't know if they're clay, but they are, they they're have heft heavier. To them. Yeah. Um, it's set in like Renaissance period, which I really like. I think that's cool, and the arts neat. And they didn't change that in the crappy in the crappy uh, reprint of the game. Um, no, I mean mechanically, it's all still the same. It's yeah. Just, they just made a less heavy yeah um and there is an a, a digital version of the game that you can download and just play on your phone and you can play it against other people and stuff there's also a expansion i was not aware of that yeah cities, so. cities of splendor came out at gen con oh that's right that's right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i forgot about that so that's not listed on the family games though but why not add it well, if you're playing the game expansion. anyway yeah so outside of the top 10, um, we've made a list that is still in that list of family games from BGG, but rather than just keep going down in order, we've made a list of other games that are on that list that we think are really great family games. So um, <laughs> Jared is currently adding... <laughs> Lupin Louie to that That's list. That's not what that says. Well, it says Sir Lupin Louie. Lu Lewis. Sir Lupin Lewis. Yes. Um, so why don't we start out by talking about Jared's favorite game to add to every list. <laughs> um, Lupin Louie. Okay, let me delete Splendor off this list since we... Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lupin Louie. Actually, I don't know if you can even get it anymore. So Toys R Us brought it back for a while. We just bought it recently. Mm -mm, no. Did no, you have was, an extra copy? That was one of the like five copies that I oh, bought to give okay. as gifts. Okay, so Lupin Louie was a game from the 80s originally about a drunk crop duster. Don't delete that. I'm not 
about a, a drunk crop duster who dive bombs chickens on a farm. Uh, and the way that that works is mechanically there is a little motor that spins a... I'm trying. It's like I'm, an airplane or something on an axis. Yeah, no, no, but it's like it's like on a, not a gimbal. It's not a gimbal. Anyway, no, not an it's ex- not exactly. It's kind of like a teeter totter. Sort of. It's like the back end of a trebuchet. Kinda, yeah. But the point is, it has a weight, and you have little flippers, and you like flip it up, and it spins around, and the, the little dude. There was a Star Wars version for a short time. There was called Loop and Chewy. Loop and Chewy. There was also a Mickey Mouse version with like Goofy. Shut up. Really? Yeah, it was like Goofy's Barnyard. What was it? It was Goofy, Barnyard, Lupin Louie. Let me type that into the Google. Well, that got me Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Sleepwalking Shenanigans. That's not what I'm going to look up Disney Lupin Louie. Uh, yeah, okay. Goofy's Barnstormer. Ah, okay. Well, I no, that is a roller coaster, but that's probably what the game. Why the game? What the heck was it called? Lupin Louie. <laughs> well, this is a terrible man. What the heck was it? Barn buzzing goofy. Barn buzzing goofy. Barn right. buzzing goofy. Okay. So barn. Jesus, so stupid. Barn buzzing goofy. Who <laughs> a yuck? Uh, barn barn buzzing goofy is a two-player version of Loop and Louie. Okay. It has a little bit of. It's a little bit different, but it's. I mean, it's the same pieces as Loop and Louie. Well, I mean, you said you've told me before that Loop and Chewy is also a little bit different than Loop yeah, and Louie. Yeah, Loop and Chewy is a three-player version. Okay. Is Loop and Louie is two-player? Loop and Louie is four. Oh, okay. Or eight if you have a three D printer. Okay. Yeah. Loop and Loop just belongs in every list. Yeah, you've made me put it on like every list we've yeah. ever made. Because it goes on them. <laughs> you even made me put it on the list of games to play on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Loop and Louie represents the perfect Valentine's Day game. Here's why. The up and down motion of Louie as he zooms through the air. Octung. Der verruchten Loop and Louie ist in der Luft represents the the perfect balance of the ups and downs of a relationship and every time you lose a chicken when loop and louie hits your chickens and you don't block them away it represents the heartache of losing a loved one but don't worry you still have two more chickens you are really reaching there dude really reaching. you still have two more chickens okay wow that anyway. is the most ridiculous, awesome explanation I think you've ever given me for adding. Because I think the day that I added that to the to the Valentine's Day list, you just said just because. Yeah, I did. But now I <laughs> <laughs> now I have a good reason. Okay. It's not a good reason. Uh huh. Takenoko. Takenoko. AKA the Panda Bear Game. AKA Panda eats points, poops out points. Uh, sure. Um, the game is about the Japanese imperial. Emperor. Now, be careful here, because we've done this before. Yes. What is Takenoko about? The Japanese Aaron, Emperor. Aaron, please, please send me a message. Here's what I want you to do, Aaron. I am looking at the BGG description of it right now. Send me a message on the, Google Hangouts and no. tell, tell us what Takenoko is about. The Japanese Emperor has gifted 
Oh, no, no, no. It's the other way yeah. around. Yeah. The Chinese emperor has gifted a giant panda to the Japanese imperial court. The giant panda then has to be taken care of by the Japanese Look, Here's emperor. how this works. It's a tile laying game where you move the panda around, you eat bamboo, you poop out bamboo. But you, you have to points. make sure that the panda doesn't eat too much of your bamboo. It's like a ba- you, it's a balance thing. You have to make sure the panda doesn't eat too much. You have to grow uh, no, the bamboo. Nope, nope, nope. The yeah. way that I always win Takenoko, not that I always win Takenoko, but when I win, I win because I always do this strategy. Every time I win Takenoko, it's because of one thing. I've ignored everything that's happening on the board. I just eat bamboo, and then I draw the cards that score for tile layout. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat. Oh, look, if I eat two of each color bamboo, that's worth 12 points. So you don't worry about like growing your bamboo no, and like matching. Because like you get cards, cards where you have to like yeah, get those cards certain are height. stupid. Okay, whatever. Next time you play Takenoko, just ignore those cards. Okay, but those cards do exist. They so do. I was I was describing the fact that you're supposed to balance out between you can okay anyway you're supposed to cultivate land land plots irrigate them grow three species of bamboo and maintain the bamboo garden alternatively you can just feed the bear disregard actually it's not really a bear it's a panda Mm. but Mm. disregard gardening obtain points yeah it's a super adorable game, and there's a giant version of it that exists, and it's even more adorable. Flashpoint Fire Rescue is also one of my favorite games. It is. You super love that game. Yes. And I believe I've you have gotten a lot of money on really close to your 10 by 10 on that oh, one. Oh, God, I don't know. I haven't been keeping track of the... I haven't updated that page in a little while. Well, you should do that. I probably should. You're right. There's a lot of things that I probably should. I have updated mine recently. It's pretty sad and pathetic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to play a lot of Formula D at Extra Life. Well, I would like to play a lot of all of our 10 by 10 games at mm-hmm. Extra Life. I mean, we got 24 hours to play games. So That's true. That's true. I'm going to bring all of my 10 by 10 games. Cool. We should talk about Extra Life. Um, let's just talk about it right now. Sure. We brought it up. Let's do it. On November 4th through November 5th, we will be having a 24, secretly 25, hour gaming marathon. Yes. Here. It's, Here and it's in the reason that it's Southern secretly Indiana. 25 hours is because um, Daylight Savings Time. Is that when Daylight Savings Time? Yes, saving? it is. Oh, God. Yes. Okay, Extra Life people. Great planning there. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, we are going to be playing to raise money for Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. Which is a Children's Miracle Network hospital yes. in Indiana. And the way that we're going to be doing that is by playing games. Well, how the heck does playing games raise money, you might ask? Well, it doesn't. But a lot of events that we are hosting on that day during our Extra Life event are going to be tournaments with related tournament fees that are actually donations. And we will be asking people just to stop by and make donations. We're going to have a Twitch channel where people can do the tip thing on Twitch. Um, We'll also have a link where people can just go to our link and donate. Um, There will be video games. Yes. Um, There's going to be a uh, uh, a silent auction. There will be live entertainment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't there know how much yet. next to that. Well, we do have one live entertainment already definite. Yep. Um, possibly up to three. Um, we are talking to, we are 
currently talking to other live entertainments. So, um, but we will have some live entertainment, but it's a 24 hour event. We're only going to have 25. We're not going to have live entertainment. We're not going to have live entertainment the whole time because it is a gaming event. So we don't have to have to have people sit there the whole time. I'm sorry. What? Can you repeat the last part of that? (laughs) We don't want to have to have people sit there the whole time listening to live entertainment. Yeah. We don't want to have to have to have to have that. Right. Um, we'll probably have some sort of music playing like quietly in the background. Um, It'll just be the F-Zero soundtrack. I don't know what that is. F-Zero. It's a SNES game. Oh, no, it won't. Uh, that sounds awful to listen to something on, the the, to. on a loop. Cult Express. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a train game. It's like a train robbery game. Mm-hmm. It's a programming game. Yes, it you is. Program your dudes. And yeah. Then... Um, it's really fun, and you can get a a expansion thing for it. You a promo, the DeLorean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get that. It's on eBay for like five bucks, and I really need to get that because it's a De- DeLorean that you get to put in front of the train, and just for even if I never actually use it, I just feel like I need to have it. Do you want to see what it looks like put together? You have it, yeah. right? Yeah, it's on that bookshelf. Yeah, I, I need to hall. own it. Um, it's a it's a really fun little game. Um, all right, so here's here's what I want to do. Allegedly, we are, have all been pronouncing this wrong. Someone told us at Gen Con, someone who works for like their official web shop of this particular product, ah. said, "You guys are pronouncing it wrong." Well, there is. Pr- I don't know the correct pronunciation though. Well. So it's probably however you pronounce the city. Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't either. I don't I'm live in that country. France. I'm not. <laughs> you're not France. Carcassonne. Is it Carcassonne? Is it Carcassonne? It's. I don't think it's Carcassonne. It's not Carcassonne. I'm just going to keep saying Carcassonne like I always do. And yeah, you know same. what? I'm not French. <laughs> oh, no. I deleted it. Uh, Carcassonne is a tile laying game. It's very easy to learn how to play. It does not require reading. So you can play it with children. Well, learning the rules requires reading. No, yeah, that's true. And scoring at the end is scoring a pain in the requires a PhD. <laughs> that, that is, that is true. No, they've made it better. Uh, I actually was looking at. Um, I, I looked at a newer editions rule book, uh-huh. and scoring is a lot different than it is in my version. Oh well, that's good. So I don't know when that change happened, but at some point, scoring. Well, that's good. Changed. Um, I've only ever played it once, and scoring was a pain. Yeah, no, I still don't ever want to play it. You know, I've played on the app, like where you pass and play, yeah. and it's fine because the yeah, app does all the scoring all for you. It does all the math. So, yeah, that was fine. Um, pitch pitch car. Yes, we're actually, that's one of the events. Yeah. Um, we're going to do Mario Kart pitch yes. car, right? One of the events at our Extra Life is going to be Mario Kart pitch car. I still need to print out the things, but essentially it's normal pitch car, but there's stuff in the way on the track. And if you bump into it, you can get an item similar to similar to the way that you would do it in actual Mario Kart. So pitch car is a dexterity game. Yeah. It's it's, kind of like the car version of Crokinole. Here's how I like to describe it. Um, Do you remember slot cars, slot car tracks from the seventies and eighties? I've seen them. I I was never really into car stuff okay. but well when i was um a child 
They were cool. Uh, okay. I remember the first time I ever saw Pitch Car. We yeah, were you at hated Origin. It. Well, I didn't hate it. You I liked a big playing fit it because I was bringing this. I was just like dumb seriously? car game over. I'm like, you're 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 bringing a car game. I mean, like, really? Yeah, you've learned. I have to trust me on these games. I have. But if you've played with slot cars, if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, you probably have at least seen these things. Little electric cars that you drive around a track. Pitch car is that, but you flip, flip, flip. Why is Colt Express down here twice? Um, because I probably wasn't thinking What'd when I do? did that. Um, you flick, 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 flick. And the Mario Kart one that we're going to be playing in the homebrew version of, it's exactly the same, except it has like shells and bananas. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Colt Express again. <laughs> again. I guess I like the game so much I put it on there twice. I guess so. Let's just skip to Catan or Catan. Catan. Um, so I put that on there. You know what? No, I'm going to stop you from talking. If you are the kind of person that if someone says, I want to play Settlers of Catan or Settlers of Catan is my favorite game or Catan, Catan, Catan. And you you go, actually, it's pronounced Catan. Shut up. <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. I don't care how it's pronounced. I don't care because I don't like the game enough to care. I like That's the like game. That's like when I say, do you see that new episode of Naruto? First of all, I would never say that because no, I haven't seen the new episode of Naruto, but I don't say Naruto because I have no respect for that anime. I don't care how it's pronounced. I like the game. It's a, it's another good gateway game and I would, I would say it is a good family game. I am going to get a lot of hate mail and you can send it to uh, Ira Glass at NPR.org. <laughs> Catan sucks. I don't think it does. 22 years ago when the game came out, sure, it was groundbreaking. It was amazing. But in the past 22 years, game mechanics have evolved so much. There are so many better, and yes, I am qualifying this, better games than Catan. I would disagree. It's still a good game. I'm not saying that it's a bad game. I'm saying in the past 22 years, better games have come out. I would say in the genre of family games, it still is a good game. That's like saying... Oh man, Star Fox was a good game in 1995, but now we have Star Fox Zero on the Wii U. Yeah, it's the same game. It's got better graphics. That doesn't mean that I'm never going to play Star Fox ever again. I mean... that. Uh, oh, NBA Jam for the Super Nintendo came out. But but there's now there's NBA 2K17 on the Xbox. I if you still like, like NBA Jam. I do too, but I don't like basketball, so... I never like Maybe basketball. my argument's falling apart here, but the point is <laughs> Yeah, you have totally like contradicted your whole Look, argument. My argument might be falling apart here a little bit, but if if you get mad at someone for mispronouncing Catan, shut up. It's the same with Carcassonne. Look, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not French. Catan I'm not German. I know it's Catan, but that sounds dumb. Anyway, so Catan itself is a decent family game for especially for non gamers. Yeah, if you're if you're just getting into the hobby, it's fine. But there are people that I know that play games every single week. That still like that Catan. Still like it. And you know what? That's fine. That's I'm fine not gonna for criticize them. those people. I'm not gonna tell them that they're wrong, but but they're wrong. I'm not gonna tell them that, but I'm gonna tell everybody else that I don't the, think the, they're wrong. Nobody's wrong because liking games is, is and opinions are it completely is. subjective it is and that's why you should email me at iraglass at <laughs> npr.org and tell me that you disagree um jared has wood for sheep no 
<laughs> See, okay, so I have Starship Catan. I really like but it's the Star a Trek different version. Game. Star, I think honestly think Star Trek Catan or Catan is a better game than just Settlers of Catan. That's possibly true, but it's still the same game. It's slightly better because the, the there may have been some rules tweaks, but that's like saying that Imperial Assault is a better game than Descent. They're the same game. There's just some minor rules tweaks, and also it's a different theme. Well, okay, so the characters that you play make it different. Uh huh. Because they're they give you abilities, and then you you after you use those abilities twice, then you have to switch out the characters. Are you telling me that I couldn't? just re-theme those characters and play them in regular Catan? You could, but it would make the game different. Uh-huh. It's just my personal opinion that I like that that's version That's fine. Better. My opinion is uh, I have talked about, <laughs> I will talk about many times, all the time, Fair every enough. time, all day, every day. I know you will. Bonanza. It's a game about planting beans. I think it's a super fun game. Are you going to say your, your famous quote, John D.? I have a famous about, quote. Yeah, about beans. I I don't I don't remember a thing that famous. you say all the time about beans. And I, beautiful beans. Oh, <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. Yes. Yes, that one. Yeah. But when I say that, you always look at me like I'm stupid. Yeah, because it's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> I always loved those commercials. That stupid oh talking dog. Roll it if you have beautiful bean footage. Anyway. His name so is Duke. I didn't remember what the dog's name yeah. was. But anyway, so it's it's a game where you're a bean farmer. and It's a forced economic trading game. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying forced is because uh, I can totally sabotage your plans by saying, hello, I'm giving you a card. The thing that is hard about By the, the game. rules of the game. That's your card. You have to deal with it. The thing that's difficult about the game is unlike other card games where when you get your cards you can put them in any order you want, you have to nope. you have to keep the cards in the order that you get them. You can't rearrange the cards in your hand, which it, it it's it's really tempting to rearrange the cards and you can't do that with this game. Um there's a my first bonanza which, which you can play. Which is the only version I don't have. And I, I got that game for my nephews, which it's really hard to explain to them that they're not allowed to rearrange the cards in their hand. Um, but I, re I really like Bonanza. Um, but it is not a short game, which by the looks of the art and such, you would look at that and think it's a quick filler game. And it is not. not. And in fact, so in the rules, it's like play until you've gone through the deck two times. Don't do that. No, just play until you've gone through the deck once yeah otherwise it says it's a 45 minute game but if you go through the deck twice like you're gonna two play for like two hours but it is a fun game do you remember when we when we played that at origins like we did four not years finish ago? it we didn't no. because i said guys we've been playing this game for an hour <laughs> yeah and we're not even halfway done we liked it though it can was we just, just stop can we just play another game that's also the same day that you rage quit galaxy trucker it is we've talked about that so many times mm-hmm Yep. We should do an episode, a whole episode about games that John D hates. <laughs> and, and and then I should make fun of your reasoning. Like, what is the reason you don't like Galaxy Trucker? It stresses me out. It stresses you out. It's uh, Yeah, it does. Okay. 
I can't make all the pieces fit together. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> I know. The point is you're you're building a crappy spaceship that's gonna get exploded. That's the game. That's the whole point of the game. Yeah, well, I can't. You don't, you don't have time, nor do you have enough pieces to make a ship that isn't falling apart and just full of holes. Yeah. Okay, so Johnny, what's 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 next? Hold on. Okay. I have to tell Jeremy I'm going to be a few minutes. She's away. texting. Well, then in that case, I'm going to talk about junk art because I put that on the list, and I think that uh, it's a criminal that you didn't put this on this list. Um, sorry, I missed it. Junk art is by our friend Sen. It is a game where you stack wood. Oh, it is a fantastic game, and it it was a it was a gross negligence that I did not put it on it the is. list. So, oh, a game about stacking wood. Well, that sounds really stupid. Yeah, but all of the wood pieces are different shapes, and there's different scenarios. So it's not just stack the wood. So some of them are. Uh, there's one uh, Montreal, I think, is the one where you give someone it's like drafting style. So you'll give your, the player next to you. You'll pick their piece. But then after you've picked three of their pieces, you physically stand up, walk over to where they're sitting and sit down. And then that's your stack. Now. Oh, I forgot about that one. That one sucks. <laughs> it does. But a, a lot of them are like last player standing or tallest structure. But then there's other weird ones like. I really think it's Montreal. Like the the New York one, it's you split the deck into three, put a star card in one of the decks, and then stack them back on top of each other. And then when you reveal the star card, the game ends. Thematically, what's happening is you're doing illegal art, and the star card is the cops, and the cops come, so everybody leaves, and it's whoever has the highest structure. But then there's like, um, God, there's there's one maybe more than one where you just have a communal pile. You're building on the same structure. And if you knock over two or more pieces at the same time, oh, you're out. Yeah. I don't remember which one that is. Yeah. But yeah, junk art has a lot of things going on and uh, it's, it's made by the same people that game. made flick them up. And actually, um, I can't remember which C's 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 city Manhattan. Maybe I don't know what it is, but one of them you use the, Cactus from Junk Art as part of the game. You mean from Flick 'em Up? Yes. What did I say? I you said Cactus, said from, cactus junk art. from Junk Art. You used the Cactus from Flick 'em Up in Junk Art as one of the pieces. So that's pretty cool. We have a copy in our convention library of Junk Art? Yeah. We did not as of we Tricon. But we do now. Do we? Yes. Did it get sent to us? It did. Very cool. Yes. I knew we were, we thought we might be getting one. Yes. Very awesome. I thought it was going to be the plastic version, but it's the all wood version. There's uh, a plastic version of junk art. If you want to save a little bit of money, it's don't. not, it's not flimsy I plastic. Mean, it's not, but, it, but get spend the, the extra money and get the wood version. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. Especially because some of the wood, now this is going to sound like a bad thing, but it's, it's a good thing. Some of the wooden pieces are not cut correctly in my personal copy. But that makes the game actually better. It really does. Because it's like, okay, well, this piece looks like it would support weight, but it's like glued crooked, so it's more of a challenge. I don't know. It just makes it more fun, I think. It really does. I would agree. We got two more games. Yes. So Flamme Rouge. Yes. It's a bicycle racing game. It's really fun. They, and it plays really quick. The only time I've ever played it, I won. 
I've played it twice. Because I'm the best at bike. You're the best at bike. No, I just got lucky um, with what cards I had. You can set the track up differently every time. And there's a easy version and a hard version. Um, the hard version has like inclines and such. Um, and when you play, the cards that you play, um, if you're constantly making your your bikers go faster, then you're going to tire them out. And then they're Because you can only play each card once. Right. And then as they tire out, you take other... I can't remember what they're called, but you take cards that that are what are they fatigue cards? Yeah, and they're then only twos or threes. Yeah, instead. and so then those fatigue cards get mixed into your deck, and those are a lot slower. So you want to pace your your bike your cyclists so that you're not going too fast and you're staying with the pack, but maybe just slightly ahead. So it's really fun, and it's. Not terribly difficult, especially if you play just on the easy on the easier the standard version. So it's a fairly new game. I think I think it was a Kickstarter game that recently. I'm not mm, entirely sure. I don't think Stronghold maybe has done any Kickstarters. Not in, uh, mm. maybe they haven't. Well, it was at it was at uh, Gen Con. Ah, oh, you're right. You're right. Um, it is fairly new though, so. But it is already on the BGG Family Games list. And uh, it's really fun. And then the last one is Potion Explosion. It's Bejeweled, the board game. Which Jared does not like it. It's not that I don't like it. It's just... Everybody always gangs up against me is <laughs> the problem. Um, unless, unless my husband is playing and then you don't get ganged up on. Yeah, because then everybody's ganging up on him. Yeah. But like, guys, I just want to explode potions. I my vote is we always veto that one potion that lets you mess with somebody else's stuff. Always, I like that one. No, gone. I I've, um, I've banished it to the refrigerator. And if you get potion explosion, you should seriously go to the Daft Concepts Etsy page and get their potion exploder. I don't know what you call that thing. I don't know what they their potion. Called it. I think it's a dispenser. Their marble, the potion explosion marble dispenser. Um, it's made out of wood and I don't know if they ever officially released their fancy version of it. Potion explosion, marble dispenser. Oh, well I'm super smart like that. Um, but it's, it's really cool. And it's a more sturdy version of the marble dispenser because the one that comes with the game is just made out of cardboard. Mm -hmm. So the wooden one is going to stand up and it's going to hold up a lot longer. So if you get the game and you want a marble dispenser that's going to last longer, then get your, your marble dispenser from Daft Concepts and you can get 10% off by using the eat chit and dice uh, discount ten. code, it's eat chit and dice ten. Yes, you can use that at checkout. Uh huh. It's it saves you ten percent, save money on things. Everybody likes to have savings. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh. You always yell at me for this. Recipe before Kickstarter or recipe yes, after Kickstarter? Yes, recipe before okay, Kickstarter. Go. So we will have a video up fairly soon um, showing us the, the first full week of October. 
it would have been up now, but I forgot the audio. I like I didn't. He went out of town. Record it, but yeah, I went to St. Louis, and he forgot and to bring didn't the audio. Take the with audio. Him. Which is fine. We'll have it up very soon, and then we'll share the links. But uh, the first full week of October here in southern Indiana, there's a big uh, festival called Fall Festival. What have you said? And here? it has rides and stuff, which some people like. But the big thing at Fall Festival is like five blocks of food, pretty much any kind of food you can think of, including foods uh, and foods you can't think of that you probably wouldn't think of. Yeah, like deep fried brains. And that's real. It really for is. some reason. Um, yeah, brains and I don't know. There's all kinds of like weird like bug pops and. Uh, for those of you in the Northeast, we don't mean sodas. No, like bugs on a stickers. Stick. Like not stickers, suckers. Suckers, like bugs on a stick inside a sucker. Um, I left out all of the middle parts of that. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of weird foods and all kinds of like uh, the big thing there is pretty much putting any kind of normal food on a stick. Uh, cookies. And then deep frying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, deep fried Kool-Aid balls. <laughs> that's seriously a thing. But anyway, so to go with uh, that and also to go with the family game thing, I, I went, th- went with a recipe for Pronto Pups. Pronto Pups are a variation of a corn dog. The difference being... Pancake batter. Kind of. Pancake batter. Sort of. Pancake batter. It's not just pancake batter. It's actually a batter similar to pancake batter. Um, the easy way to do it is by using pancake batter, but it's actually a batter made of a vari- various flours, not cornmeal. Like, like a corn dog uses cornmeal batter. And Pronto Pups use very uh pancake <laughs> yeah so anyway pronto pups and they make a good family game night food and yeah, since they're on a stick they won't make a mess on the games so the recipe is attached to the podcast on our website if you're listening to it on a on on through iTunes or through a podcast app, just go to our website and you can find the web and find it in the recipe section on our website at eatchitanddice.com. Yeah, actually, if you're listening to it on iTunes, it would be super helpful if you gave it a, a rating. Give us all the stars, please. And um, probably don't look at the episode description because I imagine iTunes is mangling pretty heavily the html in the description i don't know the best way to listen to it is probably through whatever your favorite podcasting Podcasting app app. yep but to get the true experience go to our website and look at the episodes there so now we're gonna talk about kickstarters yay my favorite thing yay ryan lucat has a new kickstarter up yes i've already backed it red raven games Near and Far, Amber Mines, an expansion to Near and Far. Here's good news for those of you that bought Near and Far at retail and missed out on all of the goodies from the Kickstarter version. Or if you backed, if you did not get to back above and below. You can get all these fancy things. Yep. I mean, look at this. There's a combo pack, Near and Far extras. You get the Amber Mines and Metal Coins. You can also get the Underforest and Desert Labyrinth printed book. 
and the above and below expanded edition cardboard tokens. If you I already have all of that stuff, like me, there's a pledge level that just gets just blah, 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 just gets you the new game. The I expansion. did. I did the combo pack that gets me the amber mines and the above and below stuff because I did get the near and far Kickstarter stuff, mm -hmm. but I didn't get the above and below Kickstarter stuff. So I did the combo pack that got me the above and below stuff. Yeah, and I was really excited that I was able to do that. We really like near and far. We really do. And I love the art in those games. It's just really cool. It's just, it's different. It's whimsical. I mean, just really great games. And I like Near and Far probably the best out of all of his games. I do too, but all of his games are great. Like, he's one of my favorite newer designers. At, like, he he's in, like, my top ten favorite designers. Now, the, the problem, the one criticism that I've heard of the game from more than one person, but less than five people is that in near and far and above and below in those types of games, you basically just pick a number, read a paragraph, something random happens that causes something else random to happen, which is true, but that's not the point of the game. Well, I mean, in, in all fairness, you could say that that's any storytelling game is kind of like that. You could, and I something think random that's happens, the you respond and then something else random happens. I think that's, what they what they have as the problem with it but i love it yeah it's not my problem i and like it, the game and i think that it would make a great family game um as of right now there are still some combo packs available that gets you uh, above and below expanded edition cardboard tokens the under forest and desert labyrinth printed book the new near and far expansion amber mines and the original game the deluxe edition so you could get all the content that works with the game, except for like a couple promos that I don't know where you can get. I don't, I know, I don't know that you can get. In the get. past, I think if you're at a convention, BGG has had some of those promos. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think you can buy them on BGG, but if you're at a convention, sometimes BGG will have those promos. Yeah, it's, it's possible. The other Kickstarter that I want to talk about, and I'm really glad that John D picked these Kickstarters that were also the ones that I was going to pick. Um, a relaunch of a game that I thought was never coming out. Dice Hospital. For some reason, I like games with this theme. You, you really do. I don't do. know why. I, I don't want to go to a hospital. No. I, I don't at all ever want to be inside of a hospital. I've been watching Dice Hospital for a while on Facebook. Um, and I think we saw it at... Um, well, uh, the name just completely... The, the gaming convention we went to in St. Louis. Geekway? Yes. Um, they had Dice Hospital in their plane wins. Mm, that doesn't seem... No. No, that's not... That's a different game. Okay. That's Healthy Heart Hospital. Oh, okay. Okay. You're right. Yeah. But I have seen... I have there. seen Dice Hospital. Um, I've been watching it on Facebook for a while. So... Dice Hospital is a dice drafting game. About a hospital. It I love dice games. Some like a giant 3D ambulance, like a I don't know that it's resin, but a, like a, a a an ambulance. Who doesn't want a giant ambulance with their hospital game? Yeah, it also has a the dice tower that you use in the game is shaped like the hospital, which is cool. Yeah. 
for under 50 bucks, you get the regular copy of the game. But for um, a bit more, just under 80, you get the deluxe edition that comes with the actual 3D, the, the ambulance minis and some wooden tokens and stuff. So that's probably the better bet. There's a bunch of stretch goals unlocked, including upgrading the dice to translucent material. That's pretty close to, oh, that's that has happened. And no. the game is not no, it hasn't. terribly I don't know. expensive Look, to back. It's... Here's the problem. I can't tell if this stretch goal has been unlocked or not because it's in it's in fake pretend British money and it's being converted to real honest to God American money. So I don't know if this has been unlocked or not. It looks like it has. No, it hasn't. Okay. Okay, it hasn't. But other such events have like upgrade dice to square edge or Custom plastic insert. Anyway, point is, um, for some reason, we like this kind of game. I don't know why. We do. Um, and it's not terribly expensive, although if you're in the States, you do have to pay an extra eight bucks for shipping, which isn't that bad. No. But um, So you're looking at about 50 bucks, a little over 50 bucks. Unless you want to do the crazy 3D ambulance. Right. Which... Which Jared will. I already did. <laughs> I um, will not. As much as I like the 3D ambulance. Um, did I? No, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't actually done it yet. No, I don't know if I had or not. Hold on. It does not show me that you have backed this. Oh, yeah, it does. It says Jared K is a backer. Yeah, I did back this. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, I guess that's that's all I've got. Are you backing the Starfinder miniature one? Oh, yeah. I forgot that I put that on there. Yes. <laughs> yes. I figured you were. Like, I saw that that was on there today. Yeah. And wondered if you were backing the Starfinder miniature. Yeah, I just forgot about it. Uh, okay, so. It's got about a week left. Ninja Division has teamed up with Paizo to make a, a about a bazillion different minis for Starfinder. If you don't know what Starfinder is, if you've been living under a role-playing game rock for the last two years, like some people that I know, um, Starfinder is huge. It is a very large property. It's going to make you a lot of money if you are a store and you stock it. Unfortunately, some stores don't believe that. So Starfinder was the talk of the town at Gen Con 2016 when it was announced. To the point where it sold out. It sold out super fast. Like by the end of the first day? That was this year, though. The 2016 one was oh, when it was okay. announced. And yeah, this, was talking year, about it. This, this year it, it sold, sold out, out by the end of the first day. End of the first day, sold out. Paizo, famous for making lots of Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 modules and also a little game you may have heard of called Pathfinder made a game in space with space combat and sci-fi stuff. It looks so cool. And that is Starfinder. We will be playing. I haven't decided Most yet definitely. if we're going to make it a thing, if we're going to record our sessions or oh something. Oh my God, we totally should. Uh, well, so should and will are two different yeah, things. That is so true. But yeah, I, I could see us recording it 
and, and then, then never posting it. And then it. me very slowly editing it over the course of a year. Right. So maybe, maybe. How so, about this? How about this? If you are listening right now. Let us know if you'd like to see us play Starfinder. Well, probably not see. Hear us yeah. play Starfinder? Um, so, uh, uh, Look at these skittermanders. They're so cute. They are. Um, so I am slightly disappointed that you, there isn't a, I mean, I'm not going to back it at all because it's expensive and I can't afford it, but, um, I am disappointed that there is not a pledge level that you can get a painted version of them. Oh yeah. That That would be so cool. It'd be crazy expensive though, because the all in pledge level is $400 as it is. Is there any, what is it? The all in pledge level is $400. Okay. I guess that's the one that we're doing. Um, I did see on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to send a text right now. Um, the There's a contest on Facebook to win the all-in pledge level, and I did enter that contest. But yeah, it's 400 for all-in, um, which the all-in all pledge includes um, one offering of every hero, encounter pack, creature, and fleet unlocked during the campaign, including the limited editions of six legacy heroes, Candy and Cola, a Space Goblin Gang, what? and Kickstarter backer only, um, Sela and the Paladin. Cool. I'm really excited to get Candy and Cola in another game. It's Ninja Division's like, I know. mascot. Yeah, I, I am aware of that. Um, but outside of those, um, you get a lot of stuff for $400. Yeah. And it's not just one of every miniature. It's like... It's... One of every, they're, they're doing them by slots. Well, and it says, you know, you're getting fleets. So, like, space goblins means five space goblins and one space goblin hobgoblin. Yeah, and then you're getting the legacy heroes, and there's six of those. Plus, there's the encounter pack. There are the heroes. Um, there, the I mean, there's a lot, oh there's God, a lot so of stuff. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's going to be. <laughs> and it looks like there are two painted. Um, if you if you look at the picture of everything you get, some of the minis that you get are painted. I can't imagine that that's correct. I can't imagine that they come as painted. Um, then why are they showing that in the picture? Where, which picture are you looking at? That has the painted? all in pledge picture. All in pledge. If you scroll all down to the picture, it says all in pledge. All the way. Oh, no. Hmm. Is that what this is? Is that what I'm looking at here? No, this is additional slots. I gotta scroll way, way back up. How are you even seeing this? Um. Oh, all in pledge. Okay. Some of these are just concept art. I'm not seeing any actual sculpted minis that are painted. Maybe it is just concept art. The concept art, like uh, what I assume would be from the monster manual, is uh, in color. That is true. But the ones that are actually 3D are modeled are all gray. You are correct. Like these skittermanders, that's just they're art. They're super adorable. I know. I'm going to murder so many of them. Yeah, but they are really adorable. Like I want one as a pet. Okay, John D., let's stop, let's stop dilly-dallying here. Okay. This is the end of the episode. I'm going to I'm going to have a financial discussion about this all in pledge level. Yep, and you're going to try to get me to say something stupid. Um yep. 
Sure am. Pretty sure I probably already did at the beginning of the episode. Well, um, I wasn't recording that entire conversation. Oh, well, okay. I'm not going to say anything stupid. Okay. So, until next time. You can eat shit and dice. Eat Chit and Dice is a production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international.